Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's such an honor that you are taking your time today to be here. No matter if you stumbled upon this by accident or you are subscribed and you received a notification for this episode, the fact is, is that you are here. And I'm a firm believer that is not by accident. That no matter whatever chaos you have going on in your life, the discomfort, the pain, the challenge that maybe you are walking through right now, or maybe I've never met many of you, but the fact is, is that right now we have this moment and it will be an honor for me to pray for you because even though I don't know you, Jesus loves and cares for you so very much. So here, let's pray and bring our hearts to the only one that could do something with it. All right, here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much for today. Lord, just thank you so much for this opportunity to be able just to breathe and just to be honest with you. Lord, there's there's not many people in our lives sometimes when we're going through chaos that we feel like we can be 100% transparent and honest with. But Lord, you know us, you see us. Lord, you search us and you know each and every crevice of our heart. Lord, just thank you so much for your word. Let your word just wash over us today, no matter what is going on in the hearts and minds of those that are watching or listening to this episode or even my own heart and mind right now. Lord, we need you. We bring ourselves to you. And just please help our defenses go down and help our sensitivity to you and your spirit go up. We need you. We look to you and we look for you. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. I wanted to open up today's episode with a confession. And I know every time like somebody says like, hey, I got I got something to confess. I think we all just kind of like, oh, like, what is it? You know, is it like super crazy? Does it involve me? Um, this is not a crazy confession. It's just being transparent with you. I know when it comes to the chores that I got to get done in my day, um, maybe you're very similar to me with this, but I know when it comes to the the, the chores that I got to get done around my apartment or just in, in my life in general, just to maintain my life, I know it's so easy for me to just kind of wait to do those chores until I have some type of pressure to do so. And again, I know I'm not the only one with this, but I, I'm thinking about just the fact that like this apartment right here, if you're watching this episode, this is an apartment that currently right now I'm renting. And so each and every year I have to do another lease to it. But this apartment, I know that when I get home from a busy day, the last thing I want to do is is vacuum or do the dishes or, you know, put away my clothes or whatever. And I just want to just be able just to kind of rest just be just still and not have to do a lot of different things. One of the things that I do to get out of my responsibilities that I know that I need to have, I hide behind the whole fact that I'm busy. I hide behind the fact that I'm busy. And to be honest with you, I am busy. By the time I get back to this apartment, I don't spend a lot of time here at this apartment. And by the time I get back, I just want to relax. I find myself, though, when it comes to this whole idea of rest, busyness and rest, I find that there's a tension between busyness and rest. You that are listening or watching this episode right now, there's a tension in your life that is between busyness and rest. I think for many of us, we struggle with knowing how to handle busyness and how to handle rest. 
there are so many times that I, I'm resting, but I'm not really resting. And I find myself outside of that rest, I'm just as exhausted as when I went into that time of rest. I know, like, I guess famously, one of the biggest ways that we find rest, especially here in American culture, is vacation. We go on vacation. We get away from wherever it was that normally produces busyness. But it's crazy that, and I'm sure this is maybe true in your life as well, but I find myself, even when I go on vacation, I struggle to really rest. And so often I run myself ragged to the point that when I come back, I'm sleep deprived. I just feel like, oh, I got to catch up on all this work. And, and I'm not at just rest. When I think about this tension of busyness and rest, I know personally, I, I, I look to Jesus Regardless of whatever you think of Jesus, the fact is this man knew busy. He was spending his time with people that were sick, and not only just sick, just you know, physically, but sick emotionally and mentally. He spent his time with people that were demon-possessed and, and people that were hated and outcasted. He spent his time with people that were emotionally exhausting. He spent his time with people that thought they were better than everybody else. But still, you see how Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John how just he's just constantly just working towards going to Jerusalem and being crucified. And his mission was to seek and save those that were lost, and that's you and me. And he came to, to live the life that we can live and die the death that we deserve. Not only that, but he had 12 disciples that were following him that he was constantly pouring into. Again, regardless of whatever you think of Jesus, that's exhausting. That's a huge, heavy burden that I know I couldn't bear. This man knows busy. And also, when we study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that this man also knows rest. So if we want to understand the tension between busyness and rest, what is it that we can learn from Jesus of how to navigate this life that is full of both? And so here in Luke chapter 10, I want to start in verse 38, verse 38. And this is what Luke chapter 10, verse 38 says. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So here we see the ongoing movement of Jesus, the mission of Jesus. He's on to Jerusalem, but still on the way to Jerusalem, he takes a time to pause and he meets this woman named Martha. And the text here says that this woman welcomed him into her home. So right now within this narrative, there's a person named Martha. And this woman has an amazing, welcoming, just caring heart to welcome not only Jesus, but his 12 other disciples. And we know from other texts within the New Testament that there was many other men and women that were following after Jesus. So we don't know if Martha welcomed just Jesus and his 12 disciples or Jesus, his 12 disciples and some children and women. I, we don't know. So we just know that during the context of this time that the, the house that Martha had, unless she was very wealthy, which she could have, we don't know, it would have probably been a little small hut. This is a very small hut. And we know that it going on in this text that it wasn't just Martha in this home either. So let's continue. Verse 39. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. 
one of the first things that stands out to me, even in these two verses right here, is that what we perceive to be our greatest need is what fuels our desires. I'm going to say that again. What we perceive to be our greatest need will fuel our desires. Within this narrative right here, when we step into the home of this beautiful woman named Martha, we see that she perceived the greatest need for Jesus and his disciples was food. And she was working. Her desire was to fill that need that she perceived was there. But we see this tension between Martha and her sister. It's interesting. Martha thought the greatest need was tangible. Food. They need food. While Mary thought the greatest need was to sit at the feet of someone who can fill her with what she perceived that she was lacking. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus because she perceived that there was a greater need that her desires were fueled from, and that need was to learn and to be with Jesus. What we perceive to be our greatest need is what fuel our desires. Martha perceived the greatest need to be tangible. I need to fix a meal for these, for these people. While Mary perceived the greatest need was to sit at the feet of the one that can fill her. We see also within this text in verse 40, that there is a word that is used, and, and I'm reading from the NLT, but within pretty much any translation that you really look at, that this word will be here. And this word is distraction, distraction. It says this, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. This word, when you look at it in the Greek, there's a figurative illustration that kind of goes with it. And, the, and figuratively, this word distraction means to be drug away to be dragged away from where someone is. And so within this text, it says that Martha was drugged away. She was dragged away by her desires to prepare a meal. And so when you think about that in that, in that figurative just way, you think about that when in the moments that we feel like there's a need that we need to fill, we are dragged away. We can be distracted by something that we perceive to be an even greater need. And so with me, when I come home after a busy day, I'm distracted by entertainment. I'm distracted by my own just whew, exhaustion. I'm distracted. I'm drug away. And as I'm drug away, I start to put my affections and my desires upon that which I feel like can fill what I feel like I'm lacking. And so like this, we will perceive different things in our day-to-day -day basis to be the greatest need, and that is what fuels our desires. And so it's really interesting how I can see myself, and I'm sure that you and all of us, we can see a little bit of Mary and Martha within us. I know that there are moments I'm dragged away by my desires, dragged away what I perceive to be the greatest need. And it's always in hindsight that I look back, and I'm like, oh, that maybe wasn't the greatest need. Maybe in that moment, I needed just to be present and listen to that person that was hurting instead of going on my daily task and just ignoring the present moment. We all get drugged away by what we perceive to be our greatest need. So right after Martha goes to Jesus in honesty and frustration, she goes to Jesus and says, look, I'm trying to fill the needs here. And Mary, my sister, is not helping me. Tell her to help me. 
And we don't even know in this context if Martha tried to kind of nudge Mary, like, hey, Mary, come on, help me, help me, help me. But Mary was just like, no, like anchored to that floor. Like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. So we don't even know if maybe Martha was trying. And so that fueled her frustration and and saying, like, Jesus, you tell her because I'm trying to tell her and it's not working. And so this is right after Martha goes to Jesus in honesty. And this is what it says, verse 41. But the Lord said to her, Martha, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. You are worried and upset over all of these details. Worry, frustration, (laughs) anxiety. These are all synonymous with what Jesus is saying. It's interesting. The second thing I see in this passage found here in verse 41 is that Jesus sees our heart. Jesus sees our heart. Not only does he see our heart, but he sees what we hide behind. He calls out Martha, and and he doesn't call her out in a derogatory way. The way that we know that is that the the, the wording within this passage, and in some translations like the NLT, it'll say, my dear Martha. So Jesus is looking at Martha not condemning her for coming to him in honesty. You know, I think sometimes we're afraid to go to Jesus because we're afraid that he's going to beat us up for, you know, not thinking right or acting right. But he delights in the fact that we come to him in honesty. And there's such a compassion of our God towards us when we come to him like little children and like the little children that we are. And he says, my dear Martha. So Jesus sees the heart of Martha and her heart in that moment was worry worry. She was frustrated. She was worried. She was anxious over what needed to be done. Likewise, heavy heart. Our God knows your heart. He sees what we hide behind. In the moments of our busyness, he sees what we're trying to hide behind, what we're trying to not have in the forefront. So often, I know I hide behind my busyness in order just for me to be lazy. I hide behind my busyness just because I really am exhausted. I hide behind my busyness in order to get out of what I know I need to do. And, and, and we as humans, we're, we're such children in this way. But we have a God that sees through all of the, the facade that we put on and he sees our heart. He sees our heart. All of these feelings that Martha had, it's no different than the feelings that me and you have. Those overwhelming moments where we're worried or anxious or frustrated. And in those moments, so often we get worried, frustrated, and anxious because we feel a lack of control. In this moment, Martha felt a lack of control in what was going on in the kitchen. And so she wanted to have more of a sense of control by by going to Jesus and saying, look, Jesus, this is what you need to do in order for me to be able to complete the task that I feel like I need to do. When we feel out of control, it can produce all of those feelings of anxiety, worry, confusion, doubt, and chaos. But we have a God that can look through all of that. And instead of us trying to take the control upon ourselves, he says, give me the control. Give me the control. And in this moment, he's saying, Martha, Martha, trust me. Trust me. If you needed to complete the meal for us to fill our needs, then yeah, I would have done anything to help you with that. I might have even been in the kitchen with you, but, but Martha, I think you're missing something here. The need isn't in the kitchen. The need is right here. And it goes on to the third point, 
And it's found here at the very end of this passage, verse 42. This is what Jesus says to Martha. There is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Heavy heart, our greatest need is to spend time with Jesus. Our greatest need is to spend time with Jesus. With a compassionate tone to his beloved daughter, he speaks into her soul. And he says, if you want to find rest, look to me and I will help you know what your greatest need is in each and every day that you have life. The greatest need wasn't tangible. The greatest need was to be filled by our creator, savior, sustainer. And from the feet of Jesus, everything else would have flowed. And he, and he says something really interesting. He says that she has discovered something that will not be taken away from her. Heavy heart. From the time that we spend with Jesus, no matter what happens in our day, in our week, <laughs> we can hold on to a rock that is stronger than us. We cannot serve those around us or even fill the needs that we feel like we have unless we know the servant. We can't. And through every single storm that this life brings, I want to tell you today that the anchor still holds and that anchor is Jesus. We can hold on to an anchor that is firm no matter the chaos in the tension of busyness and rest, when we rest in Jesus, it helps us look at the busyness through his eyes, through his heart, and to be able to see the needs as he sees the needs, not the needs that we perceive, that we think are there, not even the needs that we create in our own mind and heart, but we're able to see the needs through a filter of our creator, savior, sustainer. And through his Holy Spirit that dwells in each and every person that cries out and surrender to Jesus, surrenders their life to Jesus. The Bible says that we receive the same spirit that rose him from the dead and the same spirit that was hovering over the water as God spoke everything into existence. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, will help us do each and every day and to see through each and every day what our greatest need is. And that is what will fuel our desires, not our own needs, not our own desires. When we spend time with Jesus, we start to cry out, Lord, I want what you want for my life. I want what you want for my life. Our greatest need is to sit at the feet of Jesus. Heavy heart, rest easy. He knows and he cares. He knows and he cares. I'm thinking about this passage in John 10, 10, where Jesus says, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come not only to give life, but life abundantly. We can have an abundance to today by spending time with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus, all else will flow. All else will flow. I think about the passage in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And Jesus says this, and this invitation is for you and me today. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
right now, our God is calling to us saying, come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus didn't step into the home of Mary and Martha. And we know in other passages, they had a brother named Lazarus. He didn't step into this family's home for a meal. He stepped into this home to be able to step into their hearts. I talked about at the beginning that when I, when I have that pressure to do what I know I need to do and to be obedient in the ways I know I need to be obedient, when I feel that pressure, it helps me be able to do what I know I need to do. But I want to ask you today, if Jesus stepped into the, the, to the room of your heart, into the home of your heart, what would you do? When you have that pressure, your creator, savior, sustainer is, is present And maybe you know that he's been calling you to do something, to be obedient with something, to trust him in something, step out in faith, whatever it is. What would you do when we can't hide behind the things that so often we hide behind? Maybe we can fool other people, but we can't fool our God. Each and every day that we're alive, we have an opportunity for the Lord to have first place within our heart through the time that we spend with him. Heavy heart. There is nothing that our hands can produce that our God can't produce on his own. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. But we have an opportunity today to be his hands, to be his feet, to be his mouth, to see things as he sees it, to love those around us as he loves, to forgive others as we have been forgiven. We have an opportunity, a great privilege through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit that comes through surrender, we have an opportunity to partner with the God of the universe and to see today as he sees it. Our life is a gift. Our life is a vapor from the feet of Jesus, from time spent with Jesus, all else flows. So what we perceive to be our greatest need, that is what fuels our desires, heavy heart. And also, Jesus sees what we hide behind. And at the end of the day, our greatest need is to sit at the feet of Jesus. May we seek to understand what our greatest need is. Not by trying to muster it up on our own, using our own wisdom, our own logic, but by sitting at the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, I am a child. Will you teach me? Will you teach me? Lord God, just thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. Lord, each and every one of us, Lord, we are Mary and Martha. We are Mary and Martha, Lord. Thank you so much for not villainizing Martha, Lord, but you looked at Martha and you saw so much. You saw so much potential. You saw so much beauty. Lord, this is the woman that welcomed you into her own home. And Lord, just thank you that when you look at us, you don't condemn us. You don't condemn us, Lord, but on the cross, you took all of of our confusion, our sin, our brokenness. You took all of it, Lord, and you offer through the blood that you shed on the cross, you offer restoration. You offer new life. Lord, thank you for this, this moment in time where you stepped into the narrative of Mary and Martha and her family. Lord, thank you. Thank you for helping us have the heart of Mary, even when we are so busy and exhausted. 
God, give us a desire to do what it is that you've called us to do. Even when we don't wanna do it, God, give us your strength. Give us your wisdom. Just give us this wind in our sails, this motivation to be able to be fully present today and to be obedient with whatever it is that you call us to. But God, before we do anything today, help us rest in you. Help us rest in you and trust that that motivation, those completed tasks, those responsibilities, the heaviness that we have on each and every one of our, our backs each and every day that we are alive, the burden that this life produces, God, may we trust that through spending time with you, that you will give us a supernatural strength, wisdom, motivation to do whatever it is that you called us to do. God, we are your children and you are a faithful, loving father in a world full of fathers and mothers and lovers that don't always fulfill what they, what they claim to be able to fulfill. Lord, we are empty today. Lord, help us empty ourselves at your feet. God, we need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. Lord, help us look to you today. What we perceive to be our greatest need will fuel our desire. Lord, our greatest need is you, is you. It's in your name that we pray and we surrender, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I wanted to end this podcast with a song that goes perfectly along with this. The name of the song is Lament, and the artist's name is Audrey Assad. And this song has ministered to me through all of those moments that I find myself in that tension between Mary and Martha, busyness and rest, and the moments that I, I realize my depletion. I'm just saying, God, you got to help me. So may this song minister to you as well. Heavy heart, you are not alone, and our God can fill what we lack today. Sitting at his feet